Just because he graduated WVU doesn't mean he's educated. But he does know sports. It's Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh at 970 AM and now at 106.3 FM. The Pirates were recently named the most average team in the four major professional sports. This should be shocking to no one. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you could join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Tell you kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. No Brian LaMartina today. He's out on sabbatical. We've got shirtless Tom behind the glass. Check him out on Twitter at buttonpusher970. I'm still taking heat from my blog that I posted yesterday on ESPNPGH.com. Somebody said I was disparaging James Conner because I said in the title of the blog that Le'Veon Bell will make you forget all about James Conner. I don't know how that's disparaging. I don't know how that means anything negative towards James Conner. It's not name-calling. It's just the fact. James Conner was a reach as a third-round pick. He's just a guy. Is that disparaging? That's not being mean or disparaging. That's not being petty or punitive or personal. Alliteration, always awesome. I'm not saying it because I don't like the guy. I'm not saying it because he went to Pitt. It's about Bell. More so than about Connor. But the first pass that James Connor catches in an NFL game will be his first. Bell caught 85 passes just last year. I'll give talent the nod over hard work every time. Every time. Give me the more talented player. Why does Alabama win national championships? They have the most talented player. The reality. They get a bunch of five-star recruits. Makes it a lot easier for him. Auburn gets five-star recruits, not as much. They're good, not as good. Georgia, same thing. Good, not as good. Oklahoma, good, not as good. But the best teams across college football are the teams that recruit the best, not the teams that have the hardest-working players. I was looking at the comments on my Le'Veon Bell blog at ESPNPGH.com and most of them were calling Bell a lazy ass and said that Connor deserved it more because he's been working his tail off. That's not the way it works. Really, in anything. Does the single mother working two jobs get promoted to CEO because she works hard? I put more prep work into my show than Rich Eisen does. I can tell by listening to his show. Does that mean I'm awaiting a call from Fox Sports? Tyler Matikavich works his ass off. He's a worker bee. He'll never be as good as Bostic or Vince Williams. And that bar is not set that high. James Conner is here. James Conner has been good. But being here doesn't give him the right to the starting job. Being here doesn't make him a better player. Sports are supposed to be the ultimate meritocracy. Players should be given their spot based on their ability. Now, if two players have similar ability, then I'm inclined to give the shot to the player who works harder. But Lev Bell and James Conner don't have similar abilities. If you think that they do, then you're lying to yourself because you're hurt that Bell's leaving. 
or you're pissed that he's not in camp, or you just love Connor because he went to Pitt and Slade Cancer and Penn State. At any rate, you're lying to yourself. There's also a narrative that Bell doesn't work hard. He worked to shed poundage at a college. He's got 100 abs. Also, don't you think he'll be working to have his best season ever so that he can get paid this year? I do. I'm still talking about it because it moved the needle enough. I'm still talking about this for the second day in a row because enough of you snowflakes out there were offended by my assertion that Le'Veon Bell is going to make you forget about James Conner. I'll even go one step further. After three games, you're not going to care about Conner. But next year, when James Conner's the starter, if that's the case, you're going to forget him about him then too. Because you're going to be thinking about Le'Veon Bell. You're going to be thinking about what he's doing for the Sam Darnold show with the New York Jets. Le'Veon Bell's going to be with Sam Darnold, running his tail off, getting big green to the playoffs, while James Conner's going to be what James Conner is, just a guy. That's not rude to James. He got better from year one to year two. I feel better about him today than I did last year. But I still don't feel like he's a great starter in this league. I don't think he's a top 20 starter in this league, which means he's not close at all to Le'Veon Bell. Tim Ben's going to join us coming up in 14 minutes here on the Crowley Show. Craig Wolfley will chime in and weigh in at 520, of course, from the Steelers Radio Network. Tim, from Breakfast with Ben's Trib Live. The NFL is a parody of itself. I was doing a fantasy draft last night with my wife. It was the Widows of Fantasy Football Fantasy League. All my friends' wives and girlfriends and lovers were all doing a fantasy draft so that they'd have something to do whenever we're all doing the fantasy league in the football season. And my wife got to a point where it was later in the draft, probably around six or seven, trying to figure out a running back. And she was choosing between Joe Mixon and LaShawn McCoy. She said, why don't you want me to pick McCoy? Is it because he went to Pitt? I said, no. It's because he was accused of domestic violence in the offseason, and you don't know if it's going to wind up with him being suspended. She said, oh, okay. Well, what about this Mixon character? She asked. Well, I said he punched a woman on videotape and got suspended for a full year at Oklahoma and wasn't allowed to go to the NFL Combine. Her next question, I bleep you not, is, is he going to be suspended this year? And the answer is no, and she clicked draft immediately. My wife went from this loving, tiny person who doesn't know a thing about football to an NFL general manager in two seconds. Because that's what they think of. That's how they operate. They don't care about domestic violence. They don't care about any of that stuff, unless it winds up affecting their team on the football field. Anything that happened in the past, it's an indication it could happen again, but as long as they're talented enough, you don't care. My wife didn't care because she needs to win the Fantasy League because 70 bucks are on the line. But I think that the NFL is a parody of itself when you look at the draft process from a fantasy perspective. She asked me like five times what SSPD meant. That's suspended. 
And she asked me five times because she was guzzling one. I may have had 25 beers. I'm good. She's good. Both made it to work on time. The further and further we got down into the draft, she's going, what the hell's SSPD? I just told you that. Oh, suspended. Next guy. Oh, he's suspended too. What happened to Julian Edelman? What about Mark Ingram? And the league is filled with it. Filled with it. There was an episode of the league. Great television show. It's over now. But if you like this show, you'll love that show. And one of the main characters, Pete, had his girlfriend draft for him. Or no, she was setting the lineup for him. That's what it was. And she said, I don't want you to start Michael Vick. He's a bad guy. He killed all those dogs. He's a terrible person. She said, who's your other quarterback? I'll play him instead. It's Ben Roethlisberger. She asks, well, did he do anything wrong? And Pete says, no, nothing. I don't think it's like this in every other league. And maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe it's because the rosters are so friggin' big with 53 guys per squad when the rosters shrink. 90 now. But I feel like the NFL either has a perception problem or the perception is reality that there are just a bunch of bad dudes in this league. I don't know what the solution is. I don't think that the solution is if you do something bad, you can't play in the league. That's what the justice system is for. Smarter men than I can figure that out. But I do think that the NFL has got a problem there. 412-922-2874. The Pirates need to sell now, and that's okay. It's okay. I know before we said the Pirates need to buy... Pirates go out and get Chris Archer. They get Keone Kella. They wind up getting a Danny Echevarria. I know. That's good. That's what they should have done. Well, now what they should do is sell, 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 baby. They're 14 back in the Central. They're eight and a half back in the wild card. They're not making the playoffs. We knew this. We know this. It's okay. Sell, sell, sell. Josh Harrison just made his way through waivers. He might be on the way out. And good. Save some dough. Get a little bit of something for a couple of these dudes. Get David Freeze out of here. And next year, when you come back, add to the roster and you'll be fine. But the Pirates did exactly what I needed them to. Uh, I mentioned to open the show that the Pirates were recently named the most mediocre franchise in all of professional sports. That's all I need them to be. I think that's all any of us need them to be. The Penguins often play until June. They usually definitely play until May. All you need is for the Pirates to be decent from May until August. Bang, you're good. All you need is the Pirates to keep your attention for a couple of months there. Take you from hockey season to football season, and they've done their job. So if the Pirates want to be the most mediocre franchise in professional sports, it's not ideal, but I can live with it. Just don't go back to being the laughing stock of baseball the way that you were during my entire childhood. I don't need that. Not as a radio host, the town doesn't need it. But I think that they've worked out a nice little thing here. Maybe they made a pact with the Penguins and the Steelers. Just be relevant enough 
to bridge the gap. Neil Huntington's always talking about bridge here. That's all I needed from him, and I got it. They were relevant at the deadline. They played 15 games where I thought that they were in the playoff chase. Perfect. That's it. It's a brilliant business model by Bob Nunning. It's why he makes the money. It's why he operates in the black. Just be good enough. Just be mediocre. Just be decent. And they are. And they bridge that gap. They give me something to talk about on the radio for a couple of weeks. I don't recall a dead period this season. This radio season. I don't recall one. Usually, there are a couple of weeks where I'm sitting here going, what the F am I going to talk about? That didn't happen this year. I didn't feel it for one second. Steelers were always doing something silly. The Penguins, they were successful enough to then lose to an arch rival, which then also made things interesting. The Pirates were decent. What more could I ask for? Coming up at 5, Tom and I are going to talk about college ball. I don't have anything in particular I want to talk about other than college ball. And we're going to do it. It's not for you, it's for me. It's to reward me for sitting here talking three hours on the radio every day and barely breaching the subject of college ball. We're going to do it at five today. Why do you love it? Because it is different than the NFL. I like it better than the NFL, even though it's as crazy as this sounds, given what I said earlier, seedier than the NFL. But there's different styles. You got contrasting teams. West Virginia, Tennessee. Yeah, SEC bruising team. With fullbacks and I formations going against the spread. You got Michigan and Notre Dame, tradition, rivalry, history, nostalgia. Why do you love college ball? We'll talk about that coming up at 5. At 4.40. Do you want to see the NFL go to 18 games? I don't, because it's dumb. Tim Benz joins us to talk about all that next. It's a Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Tim Ben's going to be joining in a few in us. It, hmm. Should we start it over? Start the segment over? Let's take it from the top. All right, let's take it from the top. Tim Ben's going to be joining in us in a few minutes on the Crowley Show. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Let's go to Wheeling from Adam. What? Here on ESPN Pittsburgh. What's up, Adam? Hey, how you doing? Hey, I would agree with you on your opening statement, except for the position of quarterback. Okay, you can give me Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees. You have short, slow, and no arm talent. The short applies to Brees. The slow and no arm talent, actually, the Brady and Manning, both. You look at Peyton Manning, he was 6'5". The taller you are because of your arm trajectory, you get the ball. Anyways, to make a long story short, 
the more talented guy at the quarterback position usually doesn't achieve. I mean, I'm 35 years old, and the two guys that I remember watching when I was very young that had all the skills, and the only two guys I can remember that had, you know, were mobile and had sick arm talent that are Hall of Famers. That's Brett Favre and John Elway, and I caught the tail end of Elway's career. But even as a Steeler fan, you'd have to agree that, you know, Ben has, you know, was a pretty, especially a younger Ben, Hall of Famer, but not on the level of Breeze, Manning, or... Well, yeah, um, definitely not, and thank you for the call. Uh, ben Roethlisberger does have the physical attributes, but there's a mental aspect of things, too, uh, especially at the quarterback position. So I, I think you're right. I'll get into that maybe a little bit later on in the show with more detail. I don't have time, though, now. And I don't really want to talk about it either. We've got Tim Benz joining us from Breakfast with Benz. Benzie, how are you? I always appreciate the Breakfast with Benz plug when you bring me on. Although, I've noticed you haven't liked and favorited as many columns as as you were at the outset of the project. You're not reading as much? Are you, are you caught up in your own blog now? Am I not delivering as consistently as I did before? Tell me why. That's a very good question. I have become aware of my over-liking and over-favoriting on Twitter. Uh, I have liked and favorited almost every West Virginia article that's been written over the last three months, and now I've got over 12,000 likes on Twitter, so I don't click those buttons anymore. Instead, I just read the story. I used to so click my them. Ego, oh, so my yeah. ego has to suffer for your Twitter account? Is that what you're telling well, me? Well, do you want it to suffer more? Because I didn't always like them because I liked them. I liked them so that I could <laughs> read them at a later date. Yeah, so you want these people that use as likes and favorites just to take notes, more or less? Is that what you're doing? It is something I do, and we've actually discussed on the show, me, Brian, and Tom, uh, that maybe one day on the air they should just read some of my favorites because they're all about Will Greer in West Virginia, and they're very sad. Oh, it's so fanboy, huh? Oh, buddy, I am as bad as all of the Pitt fans who are crying about me disparaging James Conner in my recent blog. Yeah, well, actually, just to you know, kind of give a little tete-a-tete here, a little quid pro quo, I did retweet your column on the uh, 970 ESPN blog moments before we came on, and I noticed in the thread, yeah, I did see the disparaging quote because... You know, it's gotten to the point now, Adam, where you can't say anything positive about Le'Veon Bell without the Pitt fan base assuming that you're ripping James Conner, which is just, it's so Pitt fan, isn't it? To take their willingness to be offended to that degree, to that level. But that's what they do. That's how they operate. Which, by the way, I, I did get a favorite on my response from a pit blogger. So I'm sure he's doing exactly what you do, which is just favorite it to rip my comments a couple <laughs> a couple hours later. Is, is that pretty much what you would assume, too? Who's the pit blogger? Alan Saunders. Oh, yes. I bet you that's yeah. what's happening. Yeah, that's probably what's happening. Now, unless he actually agrees with my comment, and if he does, then... Bully for him because it's a bold take for someone who blogs about Pithoff, and uh, which is, I can't believe that the first thing I saw in the comment thread under your column was some guy ripping Bell for getting injured too often by proxy or by way of complimenting Connor. Because <laughs> like, Connor has a track record of staying healthy? What are we talking about here? No, you're exactly right, and... For everyone who wants to rip Le'Veon Bell and say that his season last year wasn't great, 
I can get behind that a little bit. It wasn't great for Le'Veon Bell's standards. It wasn't up to the snuff of the season he had two years ago when he had 2,200 yards. That being said, if you think James Conner can plug into this offense and be anything similar, I think you're sadly overvaluing uh, what James Conner can do. James Conner's yeah, not going to be that guy. if you go back and you look at the last 12 games of Le'Veon Bell's season, meaning from week four to week uh, 15 or whatever it was when he started to play well. So, like, after after the slow start to week 15, and I think he threw in the Jacksonville game. So, like, the last 12 that he played, they were very similar numbers to the 12 that he played after the suspension and before he sat out the mm. season ender in 2016. Uh, the averages weren't quite as high, but the disparity between average yards per touch, per carry, et cetera, that people love to point out as a way of ripping Bell, uh, the gap was much more narrow between 2017 and 2016 if you look at the games after the Week 3 loss. Tim, what do you make of the narrative that because Le'Veon Bell didn't have many plays around 30 yards, that he doesn't, quote, change games. I think it's hogwash. Yeah, I don't buy that either. Um, you know, Willie Parker was the exact opposite running back, and that wasn't good enough for us. Remember? You know, <laughs> he, he lost point. too many yards, and there were too many uh, zero yards or one-yard carries, and now we just want a guy who is a game-changer, and uh, we, can't, we can't tolerate having a 3.9 yards per carry back. Uh, last time I checked, there was a 3.9 yards per carry back who's in Canton and has a restaurant open five steps away from Heinz Field. So <laughs> I think we selectively apply what we do and don't like to who we like and don't like, if you catch my drift. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's where Le'Veon Bell has gotten himself. It's his own fault. Um, you know, I've, I'm the last, I'm the first person to defend Bell as a player. I'm the last person to defend how he has acted. Tim Benz, Breakfast with Benz, joining us here. On the Crowley Show. Okay, this brings us to the question. How should Le'Veon Bell be used when he comes back? For me, it's simple. The first three games last year, he wasn't great. After that, he was great. So I would allow James Conner to be sprinkled in a little bit more liberally until Bell gets his sea legs back. But after that point, sorry, Ben Roethlisberger, I don't think earning it means anything when you've got an all-pro playing number one on the depth chart. I agree with you. Uh, I think I would describe my answer to your question nearly identically to what you just did. Uh, I would say that Connor, a little bit more, especially early, makes some sense. And yeah, you know, if they wanted to use him here and there throughout the season more, it just it eliminates more opportunities for Bell to have the blow-up injury that he had from Reggie Nelson or Vontez Perfect in recent years. Uh, it's not just about wear and tear and tread coming off the tires. It's one less opportunity for him to get blown up. And, uh, yeah, have Connor take some of those. You know, I, this isn't just a James Connor thing. I, I made that comment about D'Angelo Williams in his last year, too. And uh, I think they would have been served by it. So, uh, hey, for again, just to underscore, because people think this way, just because you're saying something good about Bell doesn't mean you're dissing Connor. When, when Connor got the ball last year in the regular season, I liked what I saw. When Connor's gotten the ball in the preseason this year, I've liked it even more. Give him his chances, uh, a couple of them. But I don't know about you, Adam. I, I took Ben's comments as much as anything else as him being fatigued, Bell not being here, him uh, not particularly liking Bell, liking Jalen Ramsey's tweets, if we want to go back to that conversation, <laughs> defending Ramsey saying that Ben isn't all that good, more or less. Uh, I think there was, you know, that was classic passive-aggressive subtle Ben there, don't you? Yeah, and I think that the Steelers and Ben are actually kind of working in tandem on this one. 
the report that came out from Mike Florio saying the Steelers might rescind the franchise tag, I thought was oh, just such an an easy ploy to see through from the Steelers, somebody leaking that so that Bell might have incentive to come back a week earlier this time. Mm, I don't know if that was a leak to Florio, though, Adam. I'm going to disagree with you there. Okay. I, I think... I agree that it was a silly thing to write, and that's why I ripped it on Breakfast with Ben's, which I believe you did like a retweet. I like that one. Yes, you did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that one was – that's just an agenda that that site has had since literally James Conner's first carry at Heinz Field. I mean, and I even, I even found the tweet from Pro Football Talk <laughs> 365 days ago and put it in the story when they tried – Last year to get this ball rolling, they've had. They just want the story of Bell being forced out for Connor so they can write about it or something because they have just been pounding this drum. So, I I, I do try to smell out a leak myself here and there when a story like like this comes up. That's not what this is. That's just them continuing to write that they want Connor in and Bell out um, for whatever reason. It's just that they, they're fascinated with it. There's no way. Uh, there are three reasons why Bell would get that tag rescinded. One, because he's failed another drug test. Two, because he has assured them already that he is definitely not going to play until week 10, and they actually believe it. And then the third one was that they found out somehow that he's fat, lazy, or injured, and uh, it's going to do them no good. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. If the Steelers wanted to let Bell walk and save the $14.5 million, it would have made some sense. I wouldn't have done it, but it would have made some sense before free agency so you could spend that cash on someone who's right. going to help the defense. Now the $14.5 million, I mean, it's basically a Bob Nutting move at that point. I mean, you're just pocketing the money. You're not going to spend it on anything at this point. Right, exactly. I mean, let's play along here. What are they going to do? The, the Internet wants the Steelers to get... Um, Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack. Is that going to happen? Not at this point. Uh, at least not with Donald, it looks like, anyway. And Mack's going to cost probably even more than that. So, um, it, And why would you do it now with Mack when you just got through all of training camp of the preseason to get him worked into your system, right? Yeah. I would do it. I would do it. If I was assured that Aaron Donald would come here. If Aaron Donald's coming, you get the best defensive player maybe in the game. I'd do that. Uh, anything short of that, it doesn't make any flipping sense at all. None. I'd consider it for Mac, too, but to what end? And then are you getting the contract done? And what exactly is the contract? You know, I it's harder to find a great pass rusher than it is a great running back. So if you could yeah. work out something in advance for Mac, I'd do it. But then let's understand, now you've gotten rid of Bell, and now you're one James Conner, Nick, or Ding away from Fitz Tucson being your starting running back potentially. So, there you go. Steven Ridley, baby. Ride him to the wheels, fall off. Well, they fell off, they fell off three years ago. <laughs> Tim Get in the DeLorean, then ride no, him to the wheels, I, fall I, off. I like Ridley. I think he's been pretty good when they've had him, too, but as a backup. Same thing with Conner. He's, yeah, he's, not, he's not a starter. Not at all. Yeah, right. Exactly. Tim Ben joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gets the big money contract from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it does make me wonder what Ben Roethlisberger is going to make if the Steelers decide to give him a new deal next year. Where do you think that's going to come down? I mean, it's $33 million for Rodgers. I would guess they're not going to give him what Rodgers got, given the advanced age, but... If, Why does Rodgers have to make this much? Why can't this be sort of like a Tom Brady Giselle thing with him and Danica? Hmm. Hmm. Right? Hmm. Hmm. Does make sense. Uh, I look. 
Who am I to tell anybody not to try to make as much money as possible? He can still have Danica's money. She's looking good, I mean, she by the way. She's got all that IndyCar money and that NASCAR money. I don't know if she made, she didn't make Giselle money, but... She wrote a uh, book. She wrote a book. Yeah. She's doing the ECBs, yeah. you know? I mean, like, I'm sure she's got some bank. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need that much, but it does screw up things for Roethlisberger, if that's where you're going, or for the Steelers based on Roethlisberger. It does. It would screw it up more if they signed Bell to that long-term deal, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, which is part of the reason why I wasn't all that in favor of giving mm. Bell a long-term deal. I was always fine with the salary or the uh, franchise tag. I was, <laughs> I'm one of the few people kind of had this, either you let him walk now or you give him the big money argument, and I was always okay with just the franchise tag. Sometimes you just have a, a contract that sees its expectancy run out, and you move on, right? And, you know, with Ben, Ben's going to have to give a little here, and I, I think he knows that because – Mason Rudolph is here. I think Mason Rudolph's presence makes it easier for the Steelers to say, Ben, we just we can't give you an Aaron Rodgers kind of contract for three more years as opposed to five, or two more years as opposed to six. We just can't do it. Tim, you want to see the NFL go to 18 games regular no, season? No, I don't. Me neither. 15 is fine. The 16-game regular season the NFL right now is barely good enough. Like, every other league can be way shorter, especially baseball. They can all be way shorter. The NFL, I mean, like, we, it used to be if you were done in September, you were done. Eh. You know, like, it feels like there's one or two games worth of wiggle room for yep. a lot of teams in the NFL these days. It didn't used to be like that. But as parity has come in, um, you know, you don't feel like you're quite as done anymore after a, a rough September. You can hang around and get back into it. The extra wild cards have certainly, the extra divisions and wild cards have certainly lend into that. Uh, no, I do not need to see an 18 game regular season. I don't even, I don't need to see any preseason. Get rid of the preseason games. Start at 16 and go. If Notre Dame can play Michigan, the Steelers can play the Browns. Just go. Tim, great stuff as always. Uh, you will see me liking and favoriting and retweeting your tweets tomorrow. I appreciate that, as I will do with the Adam Crowley blog every now and then if you remind me to read it. And every now and then if I decide to write one. Appreciate it, buddy. Hey, I tell Tom to put his shirt back on. I was scared to death of the Batman outfit. It's like <laughs> one step removed from the Gimp and Pulp Fiction. <laughs> See you, buddy. Bye. That's Tim Ben's Breakfast with Ben. That is a very good point. Usually I get mad when people tell Tom to put his shirt back on, but it's it's not that Tom's shirt was off. It's what he was wearing while his shirt was off. Check out the cheese tees at underscore Adam Crowley. Coming up next, Jerry Jones wants to see an 18-game NFL schedule. Why? Cash. I'll tell you why it's dumb for you, the viewer. Next, Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Okay, well, I give up, man. If you're not gonna be honest about it, I give. John, my nipple looks like my nipple looks like my cat, like a like my cat's nipple. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. According to reports, this popped up in my Twitter feed. Americans are having less sex than ever before, yet there are more STDs circulating throughout the United States than ever before. What do we make of this, Tom? Doesn't seem like that adds up, does it? It doesn't add up. Huh. I bet you people are boning more than they say. They're just too shy to admit it. They're too shy to admit it. Well, Although that doesn't make tell. sense, because they wouldn't want to admit their STD. Yeah, right? Huh. We're going to have to do some digging here. Wait, you can have more than one STD, though. 
at one time. Yeah. Can you? I think so. I thought they canceled each other out. Like, if you had syphilis, you can't get the gonorrhea. No, I think they work in tandem. Damn it. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four is the number. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I want your thoughts on this. And we're going to give away, by the way, Steelers tickets at the end of the 5 o'clock segment. So do stick around for that. I'll tell you what game we're giving away in the 5 o'clock segment as well. Do you want to see the NFL change the schedule from 16-18? Jerry Jones does. He says it's going to be healthier for players. That's ridiculous. What's so funny? That was Jerry Jones' actual reasoning behind yes! it. Yes! It'll be better for Yes! He what? said he thinks... What? He said if you cut the preseason games back from four to two... Oh, so we're still playing a couple preseason games, too. Yeah, you're going ha- to see people get less hurt in the preseason games. Because more players get hurt in the preseason than during the regular season, he says. Which is nonsense. I think that if the number is true, it's because there's 90 guys on a roster in the preseason. Uh, when there's 90 guys, more guys are in there, more guys are going to get hurt. Uh, that, that's that's BS. We all know it's about the revenue. It's about the almighty dollar. It's not about players' health. That's crazy. As a fan, I've always said more sports is good. I've always said I love bowl games. Let everybody in. Five and seven, jump on in. Go for a swim. Let's take a dip. Why not? Five and seven more college football. That's great. As for the NFL, I don't belong to my own philosophy there. As for the NFL, I wouldn't mind seeing it go to 14 games. I know. I know it's radical. Going backwards, you never see that happen. You never see them lop games off. I think that the importance of every game is one of the reasons why the NFL is as successful as it is. People love the sport. They love the violence. They love the thinking nature of the sport mixed with the violence. But if you go to 18 games, yeah, there's more regular season games. There's less preseason. You think it's fun. Yeah, this is tremendous. But I think it just dilutes and waters down what is a very strong regular season. If you cut it back to 14 games, there's less chance of players getting hurt. And you've now made each game more important. I love college football more than any other sport, aside from hockey. The best thing about college football, I think, apart from the tradition and the rivalries and the history and all that, is that every game matters so much. Game one is a playoff game, it feels like. If you fancy yourself a playoff contender and you're playing some schlub squad, if you're Penn State and you're playing Akron, game number one, you think you are a playoff team, you lose to Akron, you ain't going to the playoff. You stumble a little bit, you ain't going. Last year, Tennessee lost to UTSA or something. Your season's ruined. It's over. Every game is so important. And in the NFL, it's like that too. Not quite the same. You can get better as the season goes along. You're really not allowed to do that in college football. You lose a game early and get better. Maybe you can climb back into it. More than likely not. In the NFL, you're allowed to get better because there are playoffs, like real playoffs, not fancy ESPN-created playoffs. But every game being ride and die, ride or die, makes football that much better than anything else. The NFL. 
And in fact, I think the best hockey season that I can remember in terms of entertainment was the 48-game lockout shortened season. That was great. More games per week. Less games overall. More stakes per game. You get off to a hot start, you're making the playoffs. You get off to a poor start, you're done. I like when the stakes are raised. Major League Baseball doesn't need to play 162 games. And think about this. There is more time off from the end of college football to the start of college football than in really any other sport. Nine months. It's a three-month-long sport. If the NFL shortened their season to 14 games, and this would never happen, but if they shortened it to 14 games, wouldn't the anticipation be great? It'd be even greater because you're waiting longer for something that means more. I anticipate, look forward to college football so much around June. When June starts to roll around, you have one cool morning. Maybe you're out by a lake like I was, Deep Creek, and there's a breeze, and it's 70 degrees in the morning with no humidity, and you think, ooh, that kind of felt a little like fall. Your nipples get hard. And then you realize, damn it, you still got to make it through July and August. With the NFL, you have to wait not quite as long. Season goes longer, starts a little bit later, just a little bit later, you know, one week later. I think you add to the anticipation. And I think you add to the overall product if you subtract a couple of games instead of adding. I think all sports can do that. I think every sports season could shorten itself a little bit. The NFL, if you go to 18 games, it just waters it down. You have far more playroom. Steelers going for the AFC number one seed last year, lose to Chicago in week two, and you think, oh, it's done. And you know what? It was. They win that game. Even if they lose to the New England Patriots, guess who has home field advantage in the AFC? The Steelers. It meant a lot. You cut it down to 14, it means even more. You add two more, oh, you can make that up. You can make it up. There's not the urgency. Every game doesn't feel as important. Tom, what do you think? I'm really on the same page with you with this. I don't want to see games added to the schedule. I don't want to see games subtracted from the schedule, though. I think 16 is perfect. Uh, One way that the NFL could maybe convince me to do this is if they keep coming up with every year, there's one or two teams that you look at them and you say, that team's a playoff team, but they don't make the playoffs. And you could say, maybe if we add two extra games to the schedule because we don't want to add playoff teams, we can kind of balance that out and we can it, it'd be more entertaining. But they're not running into that problem. You know, there's not teams getting left out that are good enough. It's usually the opposite. Teams are sneaking in that aren't really playoff teams. So so there's no real reason to add extra games to the schedule because... Money-wise. M- yes. That's but, it. But competition-wise, no. I feel like we're getting the 12 best teams in the playoffs every year. If not, like... Team number 11 and team number 12 are teams that you look at and say, how is this team a playoff team? Like the Bills last year. Like, what the hell were they doing in the playoffs? And the NFC this year is going to be the opposite, but your point is a good one. You know what I'd do? Since we're talking about changes in the National Football League, I'd get rid of conferences. I'd get rid of it. And 12 I'd, top teams. 12 top in teams the get in. It works in the Premier League. They don't do playoffs, but the best team, the team that has the best record over the course of the season, wins the championship and then make the playoffs for. Champions League and all that that nonsense. I, I think you can eliminate that. If they eliminated the preseason and said we're going 18, would you do that? It's tempting. It is tempting because that's more football with the starters in the entire time. Yeah, I would do that. No! I think I would do that. Oh, 
You got to get rid of all the preseason now. All four games. Would you, Snowflakes, be willing to make that trade? 412-922-2874. Would you go to an 18-game NFL schedule if preseason was totally eliminated? You know who's not going for that? The coaches. Coaches or the, or need, the need the preseason. And you know what? That's something that's not talked about enough either. The star players, they don't give a rip about the preseason, but everybody else in the union that wants to get a job, everyone else who's fighting for their career, they need the preseason. You can't separate yourself in practice. I've been to some of those scrimmages. And I talked to Mike Mitchell coming off the field whenever the Steelers played, oh, who was it the other year? The, it was either the Bills or the Lions. They did them both. Doesn't matter. He's coming off the field, and I said, this is like an extra preseason game. He said, no, not the same at all. He's very matter-of-fact about it, too. So he didn't believe that it's the same thing. Coaches don't believe it's the same thing. I don't think you can eliminate preseason. I know that they do it in college, but college is different. You recruit these kids. You know who you're bringing in, and I guess you do to a certain extent in the pros, too. But... You've got players who are going to get hurt. In, in you. Depth is not the same issue it is in college as it is in the National Football League. So I, I don't know if necessarily you can do that. I don't know if necessarily you can just eliminate the preseason. Give me two, though. Give me two and 16. That's never going to happen. 412-922-2874. Coming up next, James Harrison's got a unique read stupid take on Le'Veon Bell, and I'll tell you all the reasons why I love college football. It's Crouching.